This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash happier. Visit IXL.com slash happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to be happier. This is episode 360, which means that it is a very special episode because every 10th episode is a very special episode. And because it is the season of resolutions and habit formation and aims, we are going to suggest a starter kit of strategies to use for habit change. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I am in my home office of New York City, and joining me today is my sister Elizabeth, who's also, from time to time, my innocent bystander and guinea pig. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and yes, Gretch, I do sometimes provide this sort of uh, <laughs> guinea pig yes, aspect yes. of your experience. You're part of my home laboratory. Yes, exactly. Now for some updates before we launch in. Elizabeth, you have something to report. Yes. Gretchen, you know we have our puppy Nacho. He's a little over five months now. And my exciting information is that Nacho is sleeping with us now at night, which is Uh so cozy and wonderful and it's like been the dream right it does take some time to get him to settle down but it's so much fun to have him sleeping with us well barnaby sleeps with us too and i have to say it gave rise to my aphorism that things that are comforting can also be uncomfortable because i love having barnaby (laughs) sleeping next to me even though a lot of times it's like i can't stretch out my legs i'm super hot Yeah, it is. There's nothing yes. cozy. Nacho is a lot smaller than Barnaby, I will say. But he's like a he's like a brick. He's, yeah, he is. I yes. bet he just radiates heat. Yes, he is a brick. Elizabeth, in episode 358, when we talked about our one-word themes, you revealed that your one-word theme for 2022 is step. And we asked if any listeners knew the Latin phrase for something like step forward. And we got two great suggestions from classicists. Yes, Dawn sent several great options. Our favorite is 
Gretch, I looked up how to pronounce this. I will do my best. Semper prosum gratitim. Always forward, step by step. Ooh, that's Latin. Which I love. I like that. It feels like yes. it should be on a, on a shield. And then we got Greek, too. Yes, from Leslie sent the Greek, which can also be translated March 4th, which is cool. And that is excellano. Yes. It's a classical Greek term, and you get to celebrate a minor holiday, Gretchen, which is March 4th. Yes. Celebrated by classics departments. Yes, I love that. It's like, may the 4th be with you, May 4th. Yes. 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 Perfect. <laughs> March 4th. And then I also have to note that my family and I just passed the 7th anniversary of Jamie's miraculous cure. He had hepatitis C from getting it during a blood transfusion during a heart operation that he had when he was eight years old. And he had gone on many experimental treatments over the years and nothing worked. But seven years ago, he the FDA had approved a new treatment. He went on it. And we always celebrate the anniversary of when he got free from that virus. So thank you, scientists. Yes, that's amazing. And so now we're going to launch into the starter kit for habits. 2022 is underway. A lot of people make New Year's resolutions or they make their 22 for 22 lists or they identify their one word theme and are trying to figure out how to live up to it. It can be a lot. Yes, there is a lot of fatigue. (laughs) People are very worn out from the last few years, I think, not just from the holiday season, but from the last three years. So true. And so we really want to try to make it easier to change a habit if that's what you want. Right. I mean, just to take an example, for this year, our yearly challenge is to rest 22 and 22. Yes. Just like we had walk 20 and 20 and we had read 21 in 21. We have rest 22 and 22. But I think for many people, and we're seeing this in the comments from listeners, even the habit of rest, which you're like, what can be easier than resting? That itself is a habit that is going to take some thought, some reflection, some discipline, some experimentation to figure out how to make it into a habit. It's, it, it turns out it's it's not so easy to rest. Sarah and I have a Facebook group for Happier in Hollywood, and there is so much discussion about how to incorporate rest yeah. into everyday life um, inspired by our challenge. Yeah. Well, habits are the invisible architecture of everyday life. Research shows that about 40% of our lives are shaped by habits. So the habits make a big difference if we're trying to be happier, healthier, more productive, more creative. And we have to think about what works for us. And so we're going to talk about several ideas today, because just because something works for me, Gretchen, doesn't mean that it works for you, Elizabeth, and vice versa. Yeah, like someone who's a night person trying to wake up with morning people, it's like they're trying to do something that's not right for them. Yes. And I realized that like Adam is a night person, not a morning person. And I never am like, why don't you go to bed? Because I'm like, he's a night person. He's a night person. So there is no magic one-size-fits-all solution, and you're far more likely to succeed when you do it in the way that's right for you. And so in Better Than Before, my book about habit change, I outline all 21 of the strategies we can use, and they're all powerful. They're all effective. And it's good that there's so many because that means we can pick and choose. Some work at some times, but not all the time, and some work for some people, but not other people. So you have to figure out what's right for you. Yeah, I always say, now Now when people ask me, like, what's the best way? What's the right way? I say, yeah. what's the best way to cook an egg? And they're like, ah. well, it depends. It depends on how you like your eggs. Or maybe you don't even like eggs. <laughs> so you have to choose. Yes. Yes. Of course, Gretch, we all wish there was one magic solution. Yeah. But there just right, isn't. Right. 
Okay, but Gretchen, there are definitely some that are more popular, more universal. So those are the ones we want to present. So where should we start? Right. So if you want a list of all 21, I'll post a link if you want just like a a catalog. Or of course, you can read better than before because I go into all 21 at great depth. But today we're going to do the starter pack. We're going to do the seven that are the most universal and the ones that are the most popular. And we're going to start with one that I think people often skip because they're they're eager to just get going. They see somebody else having great success. They read about something and they're like, oh, I'm going to try it. But the most important thing is self-knowledge and knowing like what works for you, what's worked in the past, what kind of person are you? And this is where the four tendencies framework comes in. Yes, Gretchen, the four tendencies came out of your work about habits. You realize people have these different tendencies. I'm an obliger, which is the biggest category. And if people don't know their tendency, obviously, they should take the quiz. Yeah, go to GretchenRubin.com slash four tendencies, F-O-U-R, tendencies, and you can take the quiz and it will tell you whether you're an upholder, a questioner, an obliger, or rebel. And the re- and without getting into all of the, uh, like how you know in the test, what is really important about knowing your tendency is that your tendency really will shape what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And so, for instance, if somebody keeps saying to you, well, why don't you just make a to-do list? Write down everything that you need to get done in a day and just cross things off. And you think to yourself, well, the minute I make a to-do list, I just like, I want to not do anything on that list. It's like, oh, mm. that's a rebel thing. A lot of rebels feel that way. And they've had, they have other strategies to get things done. But the to-do list is a tool that often doesn't work for them. Or like you said, accountability. Obligers have to have outer accountability. Outer accountability. They can't think about self-care or priorities or keeping their promises to themselves. They need outer accountability. And it's like, once you realize that's what you need, a lot of times that means that people can stop experimenting with things that will leave them frustrated and discouraged because it doesn't work, they can really focus their energies on the kind of strategies that are more likely to work for them because there's nothing worse than like, you know, somebody like my husband just gets up and goes for a five mile run every day before breakfast. Why can't I? It's like, yeah, the fact that somebody else can do that doesn't really give you any insight into whether that's going to be something that works for you. So that's what the four tendency goes to. And it's not a moral thing. No, all the tendencies have strengths and weaknesses. All of them include people who are wildly successful and people who are less successful. And no one's happier, healthier, more productive, more creative. It's just about knowing yourself and setting up a situation in the way that works for you. And it just turns out that the four tendencies is something that um, has a huge consequences for the kind of things that are going to work for you. So the first strategy that we would suggest in the starter pack is the strategy of the four tendencies. And that is a strategy that goes to self-knowledge. But another strategy, the second strategy, also goes to self-knowledge. So here we're not even working on a habit yet. We're just thinking about how to work on a habit. So these are good ones to have under your belt. They they take reflection but not action, which maybe is kind of (laughs) nice. So this is the strategy of distinctions. And so you mentioned a distinction earlier, Elizabeth, when you said, well, Adam is a night person. So I'm not going to expect him to like get up and do something first thing in the morning because that doesn't work for night people. So that's a very obvious distinction, morning people and night people. This is something that is largely genetically determined and a function of age. It is not the case that if everybody went to bed on time, Everybody could get up (laughs) early and be highly efficient and effective. Night people, that's a real thing. 
So that's an important distinction, for example. And then you have a bunch of others which are useful, yeah. which is, are you a marathoner or a sprinter? Yes. Are you an underbuyer or an overbuyer? Oh, yeah. A finisher or an opener? Are you a novelty lover or a familiarity right. lover? Another one, a distinction that's so important that it actually is pulled out in its, its own strategy of the 21 strategies is the distinction between abstainers and moderators. That's really important if you're trying to have a habit that is where you're asking yourself to resist a temptation because moderators and abstainers resist temptation in very different ways. I am an abstainer, 100%. Also, something that comes up a lot that you see is the difference, the distinction between simplicity lovers and abundance lovers. This is something that I figured out when I was working on my book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, because I realized there's all this thing about minimalism and simplicity and like, get rid of everything that you're not actually needing. And then I was like, but some people don't want that. Some people like abundance and profusion and collections and choice and buzz and a lot going on. And to me, that feels... The tchotchke people of life. Yeah, I mean, to them, (laughs) my kind of environment feels sterile and stripped. So it's like we're not all aiming at the same place. So it's very helpful to know. And if you're living with somebody or working with somebody who has a very different preference from you, it can be helpful to think it's not that one of us is right and one of us is wrong and one of us needs to change. It's just there's a distinction. I'm an abundance lover. You're a simplicity lover. Like, how do we create an environment where we both feel comfortable rather than trying to argue about who's right? Because what's the best way to cook an egg? Exactly. Right. Coming up, we're going to talk about one of the most powerful strategies, monitoring. But first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen, our third strategy is monitoring. Tell us about monitoring and why it is so powerful. Okay, so I want everyone to notice that we, I'm talking about the big three, and so far nothing has been asked any of anyone other than they just notice, right? Because a lot of times people jump into habit change without noticing. So the strategy of monitoring is just notice what you're doing. And the thing that's interesting about monitoring is it has an almost uncanny power, even if you're not actually trying to change. What research shows is that if you monitor what you do, whether that's what time you go to sleep at night, how many times each week you read to your child, how often you lose your temper, how much you're spending, just by monitoring, you start to begin to act in a way that's more in alignment with the way you want to act. So just by tracking it, monitoring it, you tend to help yourself do a better job. But then once you're actively engaged in a habit that you're trying to change and you're and you're really trying to shape it and really trying to hold yourself to something, monitoring really helps keep you honest because mm. you and it also gives you credit. Like maybe you're not giving yourself enough credit. I mean, I think sometimes people are like, "Oh, I never spend any time with my kids." But it's like, "Well, why don't you monitor that and see how much time are you actually spending on that?" Or I never cook, but it's like, "Well, actually I cook about 3 times a week." It's like, "Well, that's that nothing." So monitoring can be really, really powerful to help people. And just question, should you be writing this down, not just noticing it? Like if you write it down, it's probably more impactful. Absolutely. No, I I think you really need to write it down to monitor it because it's maybe it's helpful day to day to think, well, did I do it or did I not do it? But I think for most people, it's, it's like seeing it, seeing the pattern over time for a number of reasons. One is if you write it down and you're, and you're monitoring it, that's going to push you to have a, a resolution that's concrete and specific because mm. you don't want something like, I want to eat more healthfully because what does that mean? You want like to turn that into actual resolutions that you can monitor. Like, I want to cook three times a week. I want to stop eat. I want to never eat fast food. I want to, you know, have ice cream Saturday. That's what Jamie has. He only has, he never eats dessert except on Saturday. And so it's like, it's ice cream Saturday. And I can report, he goes all the way on Saturday. He 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 doesn't hold back He goes hard on Saturday. It's like, yeah, but only on Saturday. So, you know, you can monitor that. Also, you can start to see patterns and questioners out there, that's probably something that is particularly interesting to you, which is like, oh, I'm really doing a much better job during the week and I'm struggling on the weekend or I'm doing a much better job. When when we were out of town, I had no trouble doing this, but when I'm at home, it's harder. Like you start to see patterns, you start to get begin to get insights that then you can maybe start tweaking your habit so that you do a better job of maintaining it. And then also for many mm-hmm. people, I mean, I have a don't break, break the chain journal, uh, a tracker that I created, and I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes if anybody wants to take a look at it. For a lot of people, trying to keep up a streak is really powerful. Like once they get that streak going, they yes. really want to keep it going. And uh, don't break the chain is one way of doing the strategy of monitoring because you're really trying to do it day to day to day. And I think that's yes. really, really powerful. Yeah, I know a lot of people want their meditation streak. Oh, yeah. Your rest streak, like yes. anything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Keep up your streak. Yeah. 
In fact, that's, I think that's exactly what we're thinking that people will do. So they're going to try to do it every day or yes. most days, at least. Yeah. Okay, Gretch, what is the fourth strategy? Well, very fittingly, the fourth strategy that we're going to talk about is divided in four parts, which is the strategy of foundation. And again, this is, we're talking about everything that's setting you up to start strong. The strategy of foundation is a strategy that harnesses the observation that certain habits go right to the core of our ability to maintain self-control and to keep mm. our good habits. So if you're gonna start anywhere, you wanna start with the foundation because a strong foundation is gonna make it easier to do all the other things that you wanna do. And so what you wanna think about foundation is you wanna think about making sure you get enough sleep. So mm. maybe you're- You are a sleep zealot. I'm a sleep zealot and maybe you're rest 22 and 22 is that you're going to go to sleep 22 minutes earlier every night. Or somebody said that they were going to use the 24-hour clock and go to bed at 2,200 hours, which I thought was very clever, ah, right? Tapping into the 22 of it all. Yes, right? that's great. I thought that was very, very imaginative. Because when we have that sleep, that just we have so much more energy. Everything feels easier when you're well-rested. Along the same lines, exercise, that was walk 20 and 20. Because exercise, and you don't need to be training for the marathon, exercise, it works on in both directions. It both gives us more energy, but it also helps us sleep. We fall asleep more deeply, and we're more likely to sleep through the night if we get enough exercise. So those are key, sleeping and exercising. And then eating and drinking right. Paradoxically, a lot of times the reason that people eat unhealthfully is they let themselves get too hungry. Like, you know, you skip breakfast, mm. you skip lunch, and then you're so hungry, mm. you're just like running for the, like open up some crinkly bag because you just, you know, you can't wait. So you want to eat yep. and drink right. And then the fourth one is not a universal one. Elizabeth, you can speak to this, okay. is unclutter. For most uh -huh. people, outer order contributes to inner calm and helps them feel organized and in control. But Elizabeth, do you want to speak to the clutter blind? Yes, I was going to say, unless you're like me and you're clutter blind, yeah. um, the example I use that I think everybody gets is the open cabinet yes. door. That if I live by myself, if I open the cabinet door in the kitchen, it could stay open for two years and I would not notice. Yes. Whereas if you walked into my kitchen and there was an open cabinet door, you'd be saying, right. why is this open? Is something wrong or right. is something getting fixed? What's happening? Yeah. And I just don't see it. It's not that I willfully want it to have yes. clutter. It's that I don't register yeah. it. So it doesn't bother me. Well, in this, when I was writing Outer Order, Inner Calm, I spent a lot of time thinking about you as an example. And that's why I called it clutter blind, <laughs> because it just doesn't back up on you. It's like everything being equal, you'd like to have it be tidy and orderly, right. but you don't really care. You don't see it. So creating outer order is valuable yeah. if it's something that makes you feel more in control of your environment, more in control of yourself, more peaceful, more energized, more focused. But if it doesn't matter to you, then skip that one because it is just a preference. Yes. And Gretchen, I love when you say about foundation, just treat yourself like yes. a toddler to so the eating and the sleeping and the moving. Yes. Just treat yourself like or a treat toddler. Treat yourself like a puppy. Probably it's like good. you don't let Nacho get hungry. You don't let Nacho that get overtired. Yes. You make sure that Nacho gets yes. lots of playtime. You've been talking about yes. that a lot. He needs his yep, exercise yep, yep. if he's going to yep, feel good. Yep. Yeah. So that's the strategy of foundation. Okay. And what's the fifth strategy? Okay. Well, Elizabeth, I did kind of cheat here because I decided there's the strategy of convenience and the strategy mm. of inconvenience. 
in my 21 strategies, but I decided like, okay, well, we'll just combine them. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. So convenience and inconvenience. Oh, okay. Very well, simple. Research shows that it is just hilarious how much more likely we are to do something if it's even slightly more convenient and how we're less likely to do something if it's slightly less convenient. So we can harness this for our good habits. So they did this research showing that if people were at a salad bar, they took less food if they had to use tongs instead of spoons because it's just more work to use tongs. Mm. You know, you're like, mm-mm-mm. And so anything you can do. So, for instance, if you don't want to watch TV as much, instead of keeping your remote control right in front of the television set, you might keep it on a high shelf in a completely different room where the TV's off. And then if you're going to turn it on, you're going to have to walk and get that remote. Or if you don't want to eat the ice cream, it's like if you're ice cream Saturday, but you live in a house in the basement, you might be like, okay, I'm going to put it in the basement freezer in a plastic bag so that if I go get it, I have to really be, it's not that thing where at 11 p.m. Mm. I wake to reality and realize that I've just eaten half a gallon of ice cream or something like that. Yeah, I mean, Gretchen, to this point, a friend of mine moved her Peloton from like her bedroom to a room down the hall. And she said now she's never using her Peloton. I mean, even though the whole thing of a Peloton is exercise, you'd think it wouldn't matter that you had to walk an extra 20 (laughs) steps. Yeah. But it's impacting her. So she needs to move it back to her bedroom. Perfect example. That little bit of extra inconvenience is actually derailing a whole habit, even though it seems like what difference can it make? This is the reason many people sleep in their exercise clothes. I had a friend in college who slept in his crew clothes every night. Look, you know, it's just that much more convenient. Yes. Okay, Gretch, coming up, we're going to talk about one of my favorite strategies, pairing. But first, this break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has Greenlight. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one-time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. 
Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hat chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Okay, Gretchen, we are back with our sixth habit strategy of pairing. Yeah. Now pairing is a pretty, like on the, in the hierarchy of the 21, I would say pairing is sort of a more minor one, but Mm. it's very powerful and it's very easy. So it's very attractive to people. And also podcast listeners, this is a really good strategy for Mm, podcast listeners. With pairing, you choose the activity that you're trying to do, that you're trying to form a habit of doing something and you pair it either with something that you love to do, that you're very eager to do, or really something that you actually have to do. And so pairing is these things go together. And it's not that if you do one, you reward yourself by doing the second one. It's that they only happen together. So for instance, in college, I had a rule that I could only take a shower if I exercised. And so, Mm. you know, you go a day, you go to, you're like, I really want to take a shower. I have to exercise because those things were paired. Yes. Or for me, it's watching the Real Housewives on the treadmill. Right. I'll be, I will definitely want to watch the Real Housewives enough to get on that treadmill. Right. And people often use a podcast for this. They have a podcast that they love or an audiobook that they love. And they think, well, I'm only going to listen if I'm cleaning, if I'm walking, if I'm, you know, whatever it is that they're trying to get themselves to do, if it's something that's compatible with listening, they save it and they only let those things happen together. And Elizabeth, I have to say, like, because we talk about habits so much, it's really fun whenever listeners say, oh, they use happier as part as one half of their pair. Yes, I love it. My friend Mindy listens to us when she walks her dog. Yes. And I always know when she, if she says, oh, I just listened to the podcast, I know she just walked her dog. Right. So if you're trying to get yourself to go walking more often or walk your dog more often, yeah, you pair it together. So that's good. So that can be really powerful. And then, Gretchen, our final strategy I happen to know is your favorite. It's everybody's is, favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is the strategy of treats. Explain this because it's not rewards. It's not rewards. I think people need to understand this. It's key to understand the difference between treats and rewards. We're not going to talk about rewards right now. Read the book better than before. I'll post a link to a discussion of rewards. If you want to understand why rewards are tricky when it comes to habits, reward is something that you get if you deserve it or you earn it. A treat is something you get just because you want it. You feel like a treat, you get a treat. You do not have to be good. You do not have to do anything in order to get the treat. And treats are crucial for habits, because when we give more to ourselves, we can ask more from ourselves. And when we feel like we're not getting enough treats, we start to feel depleted. We start to feel resentful. We start to feel like, well, it's too much to ask me to do this and to do that and to do the other. And getting a treat helps us feel like energized and cared for. Yeah. And really, Gretchen, this should be called healthy treats because you want the treats to be healthy. You don't want to give yourself a treat that actually works against what you're trying to achieve. Right. I mean, you don't want to do something to make yourself feel better that just in the end makes you feel worse. And so almost anything could be a healthy treat for someone. But we each have to say, like, 
for me, is this a healthy treat? Like, is watching TV a healthy treat? Is having an extra brownie, buying something online as a treat? For some people, maybe that could be a healthy treat. Like, Elizabeth, I think when you were really stressed out, you were you kind of held the impulse to do online shopping. And so you got way ahead on your holiday gifts. Right. And right, so that right. was a way, it was sort of a treat for you. Yeah. But you found a way to yeah. make it a healthy treat because in the end, yes. it made your life a lot easier, like when December yes, rolled yes. around. So each of us should try to have a long list of healthy treats. Elizabeth, can you think of s- some healthy treats for yourself? Well, my newest healthy treat, which I never thought I would see as a treat, Gretchen, is playing with Nacho, oh, the puppy. Yeah. I love to just, especially now that I'm working from home, yeah. this is a great treat because I can take, if we have a 10-minute break, 20-minute break, I can go outside, toss the ball. It's great for him, and it just kind of clears my head. I never thought that I would see playing with a dog as a treat, but I do. Right. Well, and also, like, let's just, from a happiness perspective, you're out in the sunlight, you're moving your body, you're, like, distracted, but it doesn't require you it's like you're not ruminating, but you're not having to think deeply about something. It's a great, and, yes. the, and you're engaging with your relationship with your dog. So that's a great, that's a really, really good health. And it's fun. That's the most yes. important thing. It's fun. What else? Anything yes. else? Yes. And Gretchen, one of my favorite treats in mug people will understand this is using my fancy mugs. I have Ooh. certain mugs that I think I've mentioned this that I only reserve for the weekend. And I love using my fancy mugs. But then if I really do need a treat, I can pull one out at any time. Right, right. And you're still like... So I love my fancy mugs. Well, you send a picture and I'll post it in the show notes so people can see your fancy mugs. Uh, Yeah, you are are a mug person. I am. Now, any others? Because we should all have long lists. What are some of yours? Yes, I also love crossword puzzles. Unlike doing like a game online, and we've talked about my Candy Crush problem I used to have, a crossword puzzle is like a physical crossword puzzle. You know, one that's like in the newspaper or in a magazine. Right. I find to be a great treat. How about you? Well, I will say one of Jamie's treats is to do crossword puzzles. And in fact, he, he but he often does them on his iPad. And so mm. it'll be like, all of a sudden from some corner, I'll, I'll hear the little musical uh, song that it plays when you successfully complete a crossword puzzle. It'll, <laughs> it'll play it. I'm like, oh, Jamie's having a healthy treat. I love it. Yeah, it's fun. But my healthy treats, I love beautiful scents. So yes. sometimes it's it's putting on a beautiful perfume. I have like 17 of my favorites. And so I'll put on one of my favorite perfumes or I'll even just do something like smell a bottle of vanilla or smell some ginger or like clean towels. That is to me is such a lovely treat. Mm, and, clean towels. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, I'm such a huge fan of children's literature and young adult literature. Sometimes if I if I need a treat. I'll go back and reread something, some one of my favorite passages or, or one of my favorite chapters just to kind of give me that like little hit of pleasure. And lately, one of my big treats has been working on my book of aphorisms. Like this is oh, my you. hooky book, you know, it's like I sneak away from my other work and I'm like, I think I can write an aphorism about something and or like I'll write one down that or I collect the proverbs of the professions and I'll be like, ooh, I got some good ones. I'm going to put them in. So that is a real treat. It's not a treat. Treats are very specific. Yeah, some might not find that to be a treat, but you do. 
That's what makes you you, Gretch. That's that's true. That's true. So, Alyssa, what of, of the twenty one strategies? What do you think are your favorite strategies? My favorite are definitely accountability because yeah. I am an obliger, and accountability is just very necessary for me. Yeah, and then pairing. You know, I yeah. love pairing. Yeah, I just I find it to be like uplifting as opposed to oppressive. Right. Well, and the treadmill desk, it's funny, now that we're doing more happier, we have our segment about happiness lessons from the Real Housewives. So I feel like you have the accountability to our audience that you need to be gleaning these lessons. Exactly. (laughs) You got to keep yourself yourself immersed in the world of the Real Housewives. That's right. How about you? What are your favorites? Well, I know your favorite is treats. I love treats. I love treats. I also love the four tendencies because that's my creation. And so I I just am endlessly fascinated with anything like that taps into the four tendencies or illuminates the four tendencies. And I also love loopholes. Mm. Loopholes are so hilarious. The loopholes that people come up with, that I come up with, we're so ingenious about how to let ourselves off the hook. I just, I find it endlessly entertaining. (laughs) So Gretchen, what is your final advice for people who want to get started, who are feeling fatigued, but who really do want to make changes? Well, one of the things I would say is if you have tried and struggled in the past, if you've broken countless New Year's resolutions in the past, there is nothing wrong with you. Try not to get discouraged. (laughs) There are so many ways to achieve an aim, and you may just be trying strategies that aren't working for you. You know, we often see the statistic that like 80% of resolutions have been broken by mid-February. And so mm. I'm calling February 15th Discouragement Day. And it's like, if you're feeling if Discouragement Day, let's work toward it. And if it happens, it's just, it's a good time to stop and evaluate and figure out how can you use some different strategies that might work better for you. Because there are 21, we've talked about seven, and but there are 14 others, so there's yes. something for everyone. <laughs> um, and as I said, you can read about all of them at length and better than before, or I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes that just, just a list of them, so you can just, a lot of them are pretty self-explanatory, like the strategy of clarity. I think you can guess what the strategy of clarity is, or strategy of other people. It's like, oh yeah, like mm-hmm. other people matter. So I'll post a link to that. And one thing to mention, Gretchen, is many times people need like four of these to maintain a habit. It's often not just one strategy, it's several. It's several strategies. Absolutely. That's a, that's a really good point. If it's a complicated or like demanding, you may have to throw a lot of strategies at it, which is actually easier than it sounds. So let us know if you do try any of these strategies and how you're approaching your new habits for 2022. We hope the starter kit was useful to get you going, to get you pumped up, to get psyched and have a happier you in 2022. I've got to stop using that rhyme. It's so cheesy. Oh, it's great. I can't can't resist it. Let us know on Instagram, (laughs) Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is episode 360. So go to happiercast.com slash 360 for everything related to this episode. Gretch, what are the resources for this week? Yeah, well, speaking of habit change, if you want a one-page free PDF that lists them all, you can download my checklist for habit change. And so that will really help you think through what strategies you might want to use to change a habit. And like you say, you might use multiple strategies. It might be a habit that you included in your 22 for 22 list. Maybe it's how you plan to rest 22 and 22. If you go to GretchenRubin.com slash resources and you scroll to better than before, you'll see it there. Or as always, I'll post a link in the show notes to take you right to it. 
Also, if you want to get the show notes for Happier in your inbox, a lot of people like to get that. You'll get behind-the-scenes photos and lots of resources and links to things that are related. You can sign up to receive those in GretchenRubin.com slash newsletter. And yes, we will be including the show notes for More Happier as well, now that we've launched More Happier. Yes, every other Saturday. Yes, every other Saturday. So what are we reading? Elizabeth, what are you reading? I am reading Sex and Vanity by Kevin Kwan. And what I, about you? And I'm reading The Planet of Junior Brown by Virginia Hamilton. And we're going to keep reading, even though it's no longer Read 21 and 21. We're still doing we're it. We're still doing it. And we're still walking. It's all culminating. Yes. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Use the starter pack of habit strategies or use any of the 21 strategies and let us know which ones you tried and which ones worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, you've heard me say it a thousand times. Please be sure to recommend us to a friend or follow us, rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Gretchen, speaking of fancy mugs, today I'm using my Seattle uh, Space Needle mug that I got when we did our live show in Seattle, which took me back this morning to like a whole memory about that. It was so fun. We had so much fun together. We got to do that again. I know. Someday. Someday. From the Onward Project. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.